killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Who knows what miracles you can achieve You can achieve when you believe we should rehearse this. It would sound pretty great, I bet. Well, we don't. No. <laughs> I say no. Okay. Okay. Things that Chris says on recording day. We should rehearse singing the duet to There Can Be Miracles from the movie Prince of Egypt rather than recording. It would be great to bust it out sometime. Sure. Parties. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's not even Convenience stores. Mm-hmm. Traffic. Whole, less wholeheartedly. <laughs> I'm, falling, I'm falling off this wagon. You say that now. Yep. But when I, I bust out... When I just grab your shirt and say, what's that opening line again? And I'll just, many nights, I won't be many nights we've prayed. Yeah. Who, is, who is Joseph? I want to say Val Kilmer. Who played? I am not totally sure. I watched that movie for the strict love of the movie, and I only know that Mariah Carey was a song singer. I, I, remember, I remember always being shocked by finding out who's cast in that movie, because it's a lot of big celebrities, yeah, but yeah. we were children yeah. at the time. It was a pretty incredible movie. Yeah? yeah, I think so. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I remember being a big deal, especially in church culture. Well, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, like the Passion, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, was it that big? I mean, the Passion was like a Passion was like let's let's get a, let's rent a bus and just ship everyone from youth group straight to the movie theater. Yeah, let's watch Mel Gibson crucify Jim Caviezel, crucify the shit out of him. Yeah, oh, they crucified him good. Thirty three flogs. Let's up that to mm. forty three flogs. Yeah, it's not enough flogs. <laughs> Keep flogging. Wow, Let is... me do it. He he insisted that he do it. <laughs> he did. I know Mel Gibson at least like nailed. Like it's his hands that are nailing Jesus to the cross. He like he felt wow. super passionately about nailing Jesus to the cross himself. Maybe because I, I just I like in some I, act I of like some act of like acceptance that like you know people are responsible. Yeah, yeah. taking like his responsibility yeah. for his movie and everything. Yeah, like, maybe that. Yeah, could I, be. I get it. He's still a crazy man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was what was my leprechaun idea where he goes back and crucifies oh, Jesus? Oh yeah, it's leprechaun who crucifies Jesus. <laughs> leprechaun. He has leprosy, time travels. Oh yeah, and he he wants Jesus to heal him, and he just. Uh, me and Dave, this past week, just sent a lot of messages of pitches back for future Leprechaun sequels. Oh yeah, <laughs> the franchises. I mean, they've done Vegas, they've done Space, but there's they've done the Hood twice, but there's a lot of <laughs> opportunities. They've done, the they done Back to the Hood, <laughs> but they haven't done Back to BC, and I think that's the one that we that'll be special. That's us. I think I I suggested a good one. Um. You did. We'll 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 dust those off at some point. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Um, Leprechaun. Uh, yes. From, <laughs> from oh, Luck Island. That's great. He climbs he just, the Empire State. He somehow gets huge. Yeah. Right. Leprechaun gets huge is like the perfect thing to do to Leprechaun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Leprechaun is by definition at small. some point Leprechaun needs to go digital. You know, and he's chasing after bitcoins. Like those are the coins that he wants. Leprechaun viral. I need my one hundred bitcoins. <laughs> bitcoins. <laughs> Oh, this is a this fun is, podcast. This is a good one. Um, what are we doing today, David? Um, we are doing a movie called Phantasm. Yes. A beautiful Canadian film. <laughs> it's not Canadian it's not. film. That was a joke. I'm so glad we're doing this. Um, Why? Haven't haven't seen it, but lately, like the cat, last couple weeks, just images that it instills have seen of this film have been stuck in my head. Like they, like I've just you seen, haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Wow, that just sunk in my head. I. Th- 
I thought you were like itching to. No, I'm re- itching to watch it to for watch. the first place. I thought this yeah. was a rewatch for you. This is not a rewatch. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. No. This is so like I have I've heard that title all my life, but yeah. I've never really seen many images. Last year at the Royal, they played um, a version of it because it was recently remastered. And how okay. this happened is J.J. Abrams reached out to the writer director, who is Don Cosarelli. Don Cosarelli. Okay. He's the writer director of the first four, and also wrote the fifth one. So this is his kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is his domain. J.J. Um, Abrams reached out to him. He's like, "Hey, I want to print. Can you? Can you? Would you be able to give me um, a copy of the film so that I can have, host a screening for it?" And he said, "Oh yeah, but there's no great like quality version out there." And then J.J. Abrams said well, I've got a studio and billions of dollars. Like, we can remaster it for you. <laughs> so they remastered Phantasm, and that remastered version came out last year, and it did kind of this small screen circuit, and it played at the Royal. Cool. So just even the poster, seeing that there, I thought the poster that's, looked super cool. Okay, so that's filling in your... And then on Instagram, just people love it there, because it's, again, a cult classic. Like people really... It's in the canon of kind of great horror movies that people love but yeah. it's not as mainstream as say you know friday the 13th Tex- no, texas no i State, thought Tex- texas chainsaw massacre nice kind of got there i thought it was like i thought you man this is like coming down now. <laughs> you thought what that i, I thought seen you'd it seen it, it and i thought it was also like one of those like big super recognizable like everyone knows about phantasm like i haven't seen the movie but i've seen enough like internet culture jokes Right. Um, or specifically one that I can remember about like the all things in it. Yeah, that's so it. I, I've always known about that, but I don't know right. the movie Phantasm. Right. So, yeah, it's it's I mean, cult cult classics now are kind of the like they're wide, more widely recognized. People are more aware of it. So yeah, I think you're just, right that. Yeah, more people have seen it, but I wasn't it wasn't as present in my life or I, I didn't know this a lot. Is, of, I don't know people cool that have reason. seen it or talked about it personally you know no, i know this i is know a it's a cool reason there. to watch a movie though like it is but again just random images i saw with those weird ass ball things yeah. really kind of compelled me the bloody like there's yeah. one that really reminds me of the uh, terminator 2 and even this log line a teenage boy and his friends face off against the mysterious grave robber known only as the tall man who keeps a lethal arsenal of terrible weapons with him so that's yeah okay that sounds badass like it does i'm sure it's going to be a little campy um oh definitely what's remarkable about this movie is the writer director was 25 at the time Really? When he made this movie, his mom did the special effects and makeup. Um, friends <laughs> awesome. and He cast friends and family as cast members from and other minor actors up and coming from previous shorts that he had done. And his dad, the budget of the movie was $300,000, paid mostly for by his dad and other doctors and lawyers. So that would give him money to do it. Oh. Um, yeah. Insane. So that's amazing. He, it took a year to film because they did it mostly on weekends. An evening. So I mean, this is this is like a DIY inspiration. Yeah, this right? is like a lesson in MacGyvering a movie. Yeah, but also it helps that you have a dad with a lot of cash and a lot of doctor and lawyer friends that you can borrow money from. Yeah, so like three hundred k, three hundred k, and then yeah. it made twelve million off of that. God damn, three hundred k in um seventy nine. Yeah, seventy nine. Huh. That's, so that's still that's still. I think that's, that's probably like healthy a, for a DIY like a low budget kind of movie. I imagine. What do you think that is now? Like a mill? I probably. I don't know. But wow, that's yeah. That's but, that sounds about right. With a some a team of doctors and lawyers, you know, <laughs> at your disposal to put together, you know, some yeah. money and and make a little. I mean, he must be just. He must convey such a passion and dedication that people felt comfortable putting money behind it. You know, or they saw how the shorts did at different festivals, and yeah, or they knew his dad and just, just come on, do this. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fine, all right. 
Uh, yeah. I can part with, you know, 75K. And his daughter um, runs a big vegan restaurant in New York that we like to visit when we're down there. Oh, really? Yeah, by Chloe's. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's a weird little unrelated horror fact. So the daughter of the guy who wrote and directed this movie. Don Cossarelli. Okay. Yeah. She Chloe owns a little Cossarelli. vegan. Um, it's exploding, yeah. I think actually it's contentious now. I think she's had to sell off some. Anyways, that's, no. that's not. <laughs> this isn't a vegan scale. restaurant business podcast. Yeah. But we'll it be releasing be. that soon. Yeah, that's coming out soon. Vegan <laughs> <laughs> restaurant business in New York City. Yeah. But again, like, I, yeah, so I've seen a few GIFs and images of these kind yeah. of torture balls flying around and weird <laughs> shit that they do. Yeah, yeah. And that coupled with the fact that there's this great remaster out which people are praising they say oh wow they've like fine-tuned it and it just looks even better than what, it did what version are we watching we're watching the remaster nice yeah cool. which and is a much higher quality and that's uh that's jj abrams who who liked the movie it. and then used his resources to that's cool that's very very, very cool, cool story right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh i think we should just watch it just dive in let's go from there huh yeah i think so all right, man. So would you like to have a drink and watch a horror movie? Yes, I would. All right, cheers, dude. Cheers, buddy. That car that was so heavily featured in that movie mm-hmm. was just like his friend's car. It was just his buddy's His car. friend bought a new car, and he's like, can I please, please use that in my movie? Really? I'm just going to need to borrow it every weekend for the next year. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Yeah, that's okay. So we're right into it. Um that is something that maybe is the thing I notice most about this movie is like knowing that they filmed it on like weekends, mm-hmm. like how much that must influence the just the filmmaking in general. Like you must get into such a like weekly like routine of like putting on makeup and you know getting ready. Like I just wonder how they put together the shots and stuff. But I I, that, I would love to see oh, like a whole God. documentary about what it was like to make this entire thing, especially on weekends over fifty two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I have to say, like right at the beginning of this movie, I really was not into it. I I was it was just dumb. It was really <laughs> dumb and stupidly acted. Well, it took yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't help that that first scene, which we first laughed shot, and talked through so much. Second of the movie, it's just a weird establishing shot, and and yeah, it's. I mean, this was his first kind of major big film or whatever that yeah. he took, you know, one year to make. So that first shot, how to direct actors, and for these people, how to act in it too. It was a horribly established shot, and have two people come in from the left and right, yeah. identify <laughs> each other's names, like uh, Reg, Reg, and Jody, Jody, yeah. Sure sucks that Tommy died. Yep. Or whatever the dialogue was. <laughs> yeah, it was just stupid. Ours, That was probably an improvement, what I just suggested. That was actually probably like really streamlining the first scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But it just looks so stupid to have just a camera looking at this yeah. uh, like funeral home, I guess. Uh, yeah. And uh, just have one character walk in yeah. from you know, the right side and one character walk in from the left. And then they just break off after 10 seconds. And I mean, that's assume- my comments are assuming that it was shot in chronological order, which who knows? I feel like it was. And, knows? and I feel like that because like the quality of the movie steadily increased. Like, right. In terms of like, I had something interesting to watch like i started saying good shot yeah like, that's a great shot like a lot it was more. also that the intensity ramped up up halfway through that, suddenly there was stuff happening that's true that's true like i became more interested because stuff was happening but mm-hmm. like i i tried to very clearly go like no i feel like this looks better than the earlier part of the movie it was acted better like the lighting looks better everything looks there's, better there's some incredible shots and i think that's a huge advantage of only shooting on the weekends too because mm-hmm. then for five days a week while he's working whatever his day job is, yeah. he can just picture and visualize movie. like, okay, what is the best way to do this shot? And he has that time, you know, yeah. to really kill it on the weekends. And he's during the week, he's going back over his dailies from 
that he shot the previous weekend. Sure, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, I could have done this better like this. Exactly. You can just see yeah. that, like, you know, the the process that they, they were using was, like, adjusted and improved upon as the process went on. Like, yeah. that was really, really obvious to me, potentially the most obvious thing. I mean, what are most movie shoots? Like, 30 days? When we... I saw Cube last week with a Q&A, and they said they shot that movie in 20 days straight. Like, just 20 no. days? Yeah. So, like, I but mean... no, those To are have like... the luxury of all that time in between shots can really help you probably hone in and do the best shots you can especially later in the movie is like that's not most movies no that can't be like for shoots yeah i think like 30 40 days whatever is kind of the standard especially really? for a smaller film yeah for a little think wow, about okay. like people like, don't have time or the budgets to really stretch out a long movie i guess that makes sense but like rocky was shot in 28 days and it yeah. feels like insane to think of like other like modern movies doing that like doing like short shoots like that but well coherence was shot over a weekend i think something insane that makes that fits if you know exactly what you're doing that fits for coherence's sets i think preparation is everything yeah i guess so like really clearly articulating what everyone's going to do that way when you get there you're not wasting time you can just start hammering out shots unless you've got a year (laughs) then it's (laughs) then it's like unless you're too broke and you have yeah the weekends and and like make it like but that's kind of cool though if like you can somehow rely on a whole you know a cast of people and a whole crew to stay with you for you know not that a year is that long in the grand scheme of things like lord of the rings were like how long were those shoots Man, years they did, they spent like 11, 12 years shooting those movies in New Zealand. I mean, especially when it comes to these smaller budget films, I really have gotten the impression over the years that you need to have a steady group of people that all are passionate and believe yeah. in the project and will give, you know, 110% yeah. every day, all the time. That's the only way that all the elements can fall into place. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And like this kid um, who played Mike, he was an incredible actor. He, he like had quite a performance going and it just got better and better throughout the movie. It must be so weird to be a part of a project like that and tell your friends about it as a 13 year old where like, Oh, I can't hang out on the weekends. I'm doing this thing. Yeah. And then you do it for a year and you're like, yeah, he's just part of some project that's not going anywhere. And then eventually, you know, half a year after it's done six months of post it opens and it, it's a hit and it makes 12 million. I wonder just how that would have landed. I guess that's great. It's yeah. a really good movie, but yeah, the first part is so slow and kind of bad to me. It's it's a little slow. There are a few exciting moments, like again the way that like the little cr- critters running around. You're it was enough to make me go, "What's going on?" And the yeah. the first shots in the moratorium or in the inside the home, that, like, in the mausole- funeral home, or, is it? Yeah, I guess funeral home or like the mausoleum. Like what do you want? Mausoleum call that slash funeral home. It was yeah. I think an all in one. It's all in that like white big house building thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's all in there. And those initial shots, I thought they were lit really well. They were exciting to look at. Um, but you're right. It really, it really, that I was would, waiting for something to happen. I think we said out loud, like, bring on the silver balls. Where are those yeah, things? The only thing we knew. And by the way, like I wanted to say like the, um, where I knew those from and like the meme I saw yeah. was actually, um, a, a compilation of this movie and the movie Dodgeball. That's really funny. Yeah, and I think it was like Vince Vaughn. Like, uh, but like whenever the guy says like, well, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And someone throws it, but it's like it's it colored into silver the, okay. in the in the clip from Dodgeball, and then it cuts to the guy like getting it in the face and shooting it out. Yeah, shooting. I've seen that clip everywhere. too, and I'm yeah. sad that I have because it was it was still amazing to watch. It was kind of way better to watch, like in context, with the build up, yeah, with the context, yeah, yeah, because that's that's really cool. And I mean, this movie is super restrained on those silver balls, which I think, and even with the backstory of the tall man and everything, yeah. So I, it really like I'm interested and curious about the later iterations like chapter two chapter three chapter four yeah what they actually i did expect based on like my pop culture knowledge of this movie that there'd be a ton more of those silver balls and a ton more of the tall man 
absolutely. And I mean, we did have there was a bunch of tall men, but there were very limited silver balls. He was we, there, but he wasn't there that much. Like he had like two big like man. sort of sequences. There were a few shots that I thought were fantastic with him in it that almost felt like it was a art house horror film. Like where it would cut to a dream, a nightmare where he was standing over the grave and had his arms out, and Michael was um in the bed, in the bed and the creatures were reaching up and grabbing him and pulling him left and yeah. right. And those were like so what, what what were we seeing there? Like Oh, those are the I think the those are former people. people who have died and been um or they use the services of this funeral home and then he has right cuz Tommy was one of the cr- critters. Yeah. So I assume all these dead people are somehow rebrought to life and are made slaves. There's another reality or planet that has planet, something to do with this the too. The term planet was brought up so like yeah. wh- you know what I saw is they, he said like the gravity of the their planet like crushes them small like smaller yes. and that they're slaves. So I guess um, some of the, but they're the dead. They're real people that have died and now are made slaves in the afterlife for the tall man. Like the void kind of <laughs> like there's this duel. Yeah. Once you're dead, your body comes back as a monster kind of thing, but they're smaller. That's weird. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that was that was strange. And again, there's I, so yeah. there's so much for future sequels and follow-ups to explain yeah. or build on. This is very leprechaun-y in its like uh setting up a a, a forward-moving universe like yeah totally showing like weird stuff like their planet there's this weird like gate he put his hands on the thing like the um the guitar tuner yeah yeah. the 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 tuner um and that was kind of a weird parallel to make right like oh i remember putting my hands on the tuner so now i'll remember putting my hands on these things is this um what i took from that is it's like this like vibrating it's a sound that's going out and like so it just helping brought control it to people. mind and it was like is this broadcasting sound and when he did that just yeah. like when he put his fingers on the tuner it stopped the sound because they're no longer vibrating yeah when he did that for one second one of the people who was like gonna kill jody with the knife i think was happening at that moment mm-hmm. um just like suddenly like snapped out of it, it was like what the fuck what's happening to me yeah so yeah seemed like some kind of broadcasting sound that was stopped for a second but that caused yeah. like the catastrophic meltdown of everything it's so strange like just by being really touching the two things and i i'm willing to look past that enough. i'm but willing it was, yeah it, it struck me as a little strange when it was happening and and i mean like not expecting in 1979 not expecting a sequel like you're you're left with that thought as you leave you know yeah you know the theater wherever you see, you see it is like what the fuck and so these slaves, once they're, I guess, tall man pulls them out of the planet world, <laughs> okay. throws them in those little containers and keeps them in there until he's ready to release them to do his bidding. Something tells me he's throwing their bodies in there and like throwing, sending them to the, these dead people. That planet is reanimating them in some way. Mm. But then the, the gravity of that planet, they're like these cr- crushed little monster slaves now. And he just owns them. Right. And potentially that gate with the sound that's emitting is like what controls them. I'm not totally sure yeah um but like it is the perfect like you know person uh just like in the void he's got like his own morgue in the basement like this guy having his own like dead people get brought to him mm-hmm. situation uh seems to be how he's making these little monsters that do his bidding yeah one thing we commented very early on too is the parallels and i think this is just by virtue of being a 70s horror film true sound a lot like the exorcist both the organ oh, yeah. sequences and the synthy sequences definitely the synthy more yeah, yeah. the synthy almost sounded like the exorcist theme backwards like it was, it was like very close <laughs> and like hauntingly like familiar yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but but effective like i do enjoy it. and that's part of watching i think these 70s horrors is i'm I'm excited to watch that to see that really sharp sounding yeah. synthy effect yeah, that still stands the test of time i mm-hmm. think yeah like um i think in a way like 
I mean, in the theme, not necessarily in like the sound they use because it's more theremin, but like X-Files kind of has that same sort of progression in their theme song. Absolutely. Which is to me like the scariest sound that exists on planet Earth. Both The Exorcist, X-Files, and this one have that same kind of high-pitched synthy sound where it's going like a lower note, higher note, lower note, higher, like do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all three of them do that in some pattern if it's ascending or descending. Weird, ominous. Yeah. Synthy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah. It was uh, it was cool. It was a cool movie. I'm I like the fact that I know there are more of them. Uh-huh. Um, that's helpful to me. Uh, yeah, because I don't know. Like it, it it wasn't like the brood good. No, it seemed it like I mean when you think of the '70s ones we've watched, the brood, the Exorcist, Suspiria. This feels the campiest out of all of them. I agree. Like it's kind of the it's kind of the silliest. Um, there are like we have to get credit. There are some great looking and scary images that are present mm-hmm. but there's just too many more camp elements i feel yeah um the we've seen it so like we saw it coming but like yeah the first time you see the silver ball yeah going to like a bad guy's head too it was like a guy trying to get him yeah um the fact that it embeds first and then a drill comes out like just to right like suck out you know whatever blasting your blood out <laughs> in front of you and brains and chunk just whatever viscera whatever it is yeah, yeah. Just like that is a pretty, pretty potent horror image to be sure. Yeah. Um, and that was great. And it like you could as it was like drilling into his head, like there's like little flaps of skin you could see. It was like good. it was really good. It's well done. Um, it had to be super zoomed in because they couldn't. Yeah. They probably had like an actual, you know, drill going into some kind of prosthetic. But sure. Yeah. 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 It was um, still great. It looked amazing. And that was like that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. That was probably the best image in the movie. Apparently, one of the gun blanks, like they were shooting blanks in the movie, obviously, hmm. but they weren't aware that still sometimes fragments can come out of a blank, so they didn't prepare adequately for that. And the director apparently got hit like in the chest with like the shards of a blank. Well, <laughs> yeah, he got shot making his movie. That was a little trivia factoid that That's I found cool. along the way. Did you find it on IMDb in the Wikipedia, baby? Oh, nice. Um, I also really like um, just that the main kid was the, a kid was the protagonist. So it was a 13 year old that yeah. was this first realized what was going on, was trying to tell, you know, his older brother what was happening. The fact that the older brother, too, is who's in his 20s, I'm imagining. Yep. The fact that this whole movie is, is just like a kid and a 20 year old and the 20 year old's best friend. That's super cool. We're not going to see much of that anymore. We don't live in a world anymore. It seems where a 20 year old is tasked with raising their younger sibling alone maybe yeah. maybe i'm crazy um yeah we i don't know that's a pretty common thing in horror movies is like the little like uh in don't breathe that's like pretty much the motivation behind like the the main girl she is, lives with a oh she it's just she her and her, her younger her, sibling her younger sister and her nazi pa- like parents right know, yeah parents oh yeah but then the, the parents are still there but yeah she's it's, trying to get it's mostly falling on her yeah she, right yeah she's trying to get the kid out of there you know? yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah i think that's somewhat common um i feel like i was gonna say something about that but who knows Oh, uh, yeah, I did want to say something, um, not about that, but, like, about how, like, um, the beginning of the movie is, like, there's the three of them who are friends, Jody, Reggie, and Tommy, Tommy, and Tommy gets laid in a graveyard and then stabbed up, Mm -hmm. um, and then later that, that, like, I don't know if that was gonna be happening again with, uh, Jody before his little brother ran screaming from his hiding spot, (laughs) awkwardly ruining that whole situation but like um so what was happening with like the tall man sending or like killing people Uh, it seemed just convenient to me it seems like oh these are people who are kind of near to my house 
If they if you fuck in the graveyard right outside of the tall man's house, then that's just another body that he can take for a future slave. Build up his army. Yeah. Okay. But le- like, let's let's talk about like how it happened though, because there's like another person involved, this woman. But then there's like that, as, okay, you, yeah. as you look up, there's this like transitionary scene where it's like this flashes of the woman woman's face, and the last one is always a tall man. Yes. It's like, so, so is he like shape shifting and banging these? I no, because <laughs> no, that was that woman the one that was banging both of them, both Tommy and the. Well, there were two blonde women, and I don't know who. They I feel are. like they were distinct women. I feel like well, the, they were the in women, the car at the end. There's two of them. I feel like the. I think those were different women. I know that they were different women. Okay, good, good. <laughs> there's two of them. Um, but the I think there's one specific um woman who is the assistant to the tall man who does the stabbing okay. right outside his place. That's kind of what I'm asking, and okay. that's the thing because yeah. And I think maybe that woman was sleeping with Tommy. So, okay. And um, maybe sleeping with Tommy. Okay. At the yeah. beginning. That's okay. Sure. But, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's huge questions that a future one can answer is like, who is this woman? Like, why is she there? Why is she helping out the tall man? Why is this well, a part of, I think we can use this to like put together what's happening here because also we've got that room with the weird little gate and those metal bars, but that was full of those canisters that were theoretically like ready to go. Yeah. Right. So these were like corpses taken out of their like um, little slidey things. Yeah. Yeah. Their their little coffin resting places in that mausoleum. Mm -hmm. And he's sending them. I feel like what's happening is he's sending them to this other world where they, I guess, get renovated into these like crushed little slave hooded figures, monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they follow his, they follow him. And it's probably by whatever. Um, agency that he uses to control them that he's able to control this woman or the women that he uses to get those graveyard sex kills yeah so that he's got more bodies why is he doing it who is the tall man why is his blood yellow? i know i know but it's like so but this this woman seems like to be on the side of the tall man like just as equally stoked and pumped about it so it doesn't i don't get the impression that she's also a dead person that the tall man is brought in as a slave i get the impression that she's like she seems like hypnotized or something because she snaps out of it for a second she does, yeah. Or but then there's that or scene closing the, the gate somehow throws her off a bit for a second, for maybe just a second. Um, but again, like, these there's are... that scene in the woods where she's got the knife and Mike has the knife, and they're just like looking at each other, mm-hmm. you know. And he just walks past her, yeah. And she's just a girl in the woods with a knife. Maybe this is a leprechaun situation where <laughs> listeners who have seen the whole franchise are well aware, and maybe we could clear it up. But I think it's great for our own records too to just like state this I, is the impressions and understanding f- that we have after one episode there is there are a lot of situations in a campy horror movie like this where they propose a lot of things and i may not question it because i don't care however in this movie there's a lot of things that i do care about and i want to know like he said planet and that is definitively something that the, like what is the, happening the here? writer chose to use planet for a reason he's got yellow blood and his finger moves after he dies and turns into a bug for a reason the you the know, biology the, tall man is, the biology and astrophysics that are implied yeah. by this narrative are they make me curious like i want to know more yeah. about what's what's happening in this universe the tall man is what a, this tall man is doing he's a mind controlling alien yeah yeah he, he has to or be. some other yeah I but just, in human form, you know, like he's, or, in a human body, he's tall for a reason. But you know? also like once reason. he's fragmented, once he's chopping the fingers, then he, that matter, that human matter converts into that weird buggy looking shit. Yeah, <laughs> a large, like a Hairy sort of like insect. a Suspiria bat. Like that's like oh the quality God. of the, yeah, of the, but they were Around smart the and they didn't show it as much. Right. 
they like just had these guys act like whip your arms in the air when you're holding this towel because there's a really super strong demon bug in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm left. So that was better. I, it was it was super curious and super silly at a lot of scenes, and the dialogue and the writing was horrendous at some scenes, mm-hmm. or, or I'd say a lot. <laughs> I'd say there's a lot of terrible dialogue. Yep. But there was enough plot elements and devices, and especially those silver little balls that left me wanting to know much more and will make me watch the sequels uh my the uh one of my favorite effects in the whole movie was when the door was slammed and his fingers were still there yes and he was just like wiggling his fingers above this kid's head who had his back to the door so he didn't know then as soon as he saw he chopped them off. i love the kid's instinct to chop them off he's like yeah yeah Yeah, and then yellow blood and he grabs one of the fingers like because that was the first time that we saw that yellow blood is part of these characters. So that's what made it so exciting, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy cool. And also, like, um, a lot like Leprechaun um, in that one scene where um, Jody goes into the, um, whatever that place is, um, after Mike has, like, kicked the window in and gone in and got out. Uh-huh. Jody goes in and he sees one of those little things and he just blasts it with the shotgun or blasts it with his gun a few times yeah. and then leaves. That's all he does. And that was so much like Leprechaun, how the little thing got blasted backwards. It's it's nice to watch things get shot. <laughs> and, like, the shot does something to them. Even if, like, they get right back up after. Yeah. Watching someone get blasted, you know, and it was. fly backwards is awesome. Well, wasn't it? Yeah, the flying back was nice. But there was no, unlike Leprechaun, which satisfied us with these this beautiful green splurting Spurt, everywhere. Yeah. We didn't get... There should have been a yellow. With the... What did you call them? They were so much like that Star Wars. Jawas. Creature. Jawas. They were so much like Jawas. They were just little Jawas with the pointy, yeah. like, reddy brown cloaks. But yeah. in reality, they were formerly... There are former humans that have been crushed under the weight of other planet to Gravity. be smaller size. So they're a smaller size slaves. Yeah, person. so many questions, but yeah. that's that's great. It leaves that certain air of mystery and intrigue to the story. You they're know what I mean? Tiny it, little slave reanimated zombies controlled by the tall man who yeah. is some kind of space. And sorcerer. I did I did love whenever tall men popped up, like whenever yeah, like a, a door, good. a mirror would turn or something like that, and he would just show up out of nowhere. I thought it was I loved that final sequence. The final which scene would happen really quick, and so like it just whipped by, but. He walks by a mirror, and then the tall man appears in the reflection. So he's when he closes behind the closet him. door, yeah. when he closes, so he's technically behind Michael. But then he bursts through the mirror, which I, is the other side. I think it's little the little you're right. It's the little creatures that are grabbing him and pulling in. But it's it's really that's effective. So what's so effective? And then about we the end man. on the dark image of the broken mirror, like looking through it. Yeah. Oh god, that was cool. That yeah. was a very cool way to end the movie. It's like you've seen that a million times. Is like they finally defeat the threat. And then the last one scene last is still there, blah, blah, you know, like yeah. pretty much every horror movie there. Exactly. Was. Yeah. But like that one was kind of special in some ways because like, first of all, the tall man stupidly fell in a hole and rocks like tumbled on top of it. It was really dumb. Okay. Those, <laughs> those rocks. So like he, these giant rocks, like we're talking like multiple ton boulders are flying down the hill. Yeah. A ton of them to fill up this hole. And then Michael looks up which is completely rational to say, mm-hmm. oh, who pushed these boulders down? And then you see Jody at the top being like, yeah, I pushed them down. Yeah. Or whatever. How did Jody push these giant ass boulders oh, by himself? I'll explain exactly how. Um, because, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear your explanation first. Okay. Because it was a dream. Um, and right at the end, uh, Reggie, who had been stabbed to his death by the, a woman, tall man, I don't know. Yeah. Combo. Uh, during the... Um, the sequence after he touched the two things and the wind and the leaves were all happening mm-hmm. right before that house like seemed to like dematerialize or something 
in a big flash. Yeah. Um, he was stabbed to death, and then at the end, he comes back. He's like, hey, kid, it was just dreaming. You, you, Tall man didn't kill your brother. He died in a car wreck. It's all, no big deal. No, Jody died in a Jody, car wreck. Jody, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. Jody died in a car wreck. It's not a, like it wasn't a car, uh, the tall man who killed him. Settle down. I'll take care of you, little kid. It's not not acceptable for me. That's like it's, a Jacob's Ladder like reveal. It's it's different for sure because yeah, it's, yeah, it's but, a in Jacob's Ladder it, it is all in his subconscious all the shit that's happening in that waking life but in this it's like Nightmare on Elm Street where it's a dream but it's not a dream like you're right. in you're in like retroactively it becomes a dream like the tall man yeah, is able okay. to kind of close the gap yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the moment nothing else was dreamlike like there's no other physical laws that are being defied I just and it's it's a small bone to pick but it just it, like because it they were giant boulders that somehow. Even if he a, sh- a quick shot of him ramming the car into like a group of boulders would have been yeah helpful for that. But again, that's there's a small things to pick I, apart. But I, I do like talking about that dream logic. Like what I genuinely like. Yeah, if you want to put a, a real definitive like not just like movie flair like definition on what happened. Yeah, you know where does the dream start? What are the actual events that happen? Mm-hmm. Like Reggie, who theoretically like he was stabbed to death, but then like he's fine. Yes. He like has no knowledge or, or seeming memory of like all the events that transpired. So where does the dream start? I think it it happens when the tall man is able to take you back to the the moratorium. Reg escaped, like the, he got stabbed or whatever, but, but the tall it. man didn't take his body back to the place. Whereas if the tall man does grab the body and bring him back, then the tall man can alter reality so, such yeah. that the dead body was there's some other reason for the death. This is why his parents died. Yeah, right? this, the tall man took him. Yeah, the tall man took him. And then this is why his brother died. And they later said, oh, it yeah. was a car crash. Because if the tall man takes it, then he can like flip reality to be to true. cover the tracks. Yeah, he's like probably like the uh, the guy doing like autopsies and shit too. Like he's probably everything. Um, and That's uh, a great point. He uh, That's true because with um, uh, who dies in the Tommy? Tommy dies. He in gets the stabbed right? in a graveyard, right? But like when they say about his death, right in the beginning, that what did they was, say? Yeah, it was something else. It wasn't like uh, it was a cause. There was a cause. There was a cause, but it was not then, stabbed in the chest. Did they mention the parents' death too? The cause of death? I feel like it, I don't know. I want to say car accident, but that would seem like it would be crazy to everyone's dying. Everyone dies in a car accident. Yeah, this is pre seatbelt pre seatbelt law. Yeah, maybe that's just normal. <laughs> like, hey, where's where's Tommy? He's supposed to be here tonight. Oh, yeah. car accident. You could Shit, drink and drive too. in those days yeah, too. That's true. <laughs> People probably like it was probably like one to one people died yeah. in car accidents. Uh, car accident, drunk driving. Yep, that happens. Yep. Nothing we can do about it. That's life. <laughs> Some people could just get cancer. That's great. I'm so glad you brought yeah. that up. It wouldn't have been right to talk about this movie without talking about that dream logic that gets thrown on after the fact. Yeah, it like it feels like Jacob's Ladder in that right at the end they're like, and by the way though, here like a lot of that didn't really happen. Yeah, or and, like in such a way that yeah. And usually I would get irritated by something like that, and I was admittedly a little irritated by the dream having a dream twist. But because the dream, it wasn't that everything was a dream, and he woke up and it's. Um, it was all just something that didn't happen or affect reality at all. But it's clear that dreams are a way that the tall man can retroactively justify what has actually happened and change mm. your perception or understanding of what took place. Yeah. Which is, is terrifying in the same way that Nightmare on Elm Street is. Like, yeah, you can have dreams about this shit, but it is going to kill you. Retroactively, yeah. they'll say it was something else that killed you. Yeah. But really, it's Freddy or the tall man that is affecting your life. Yeah, but like, what's confusing about that is like, as far as what we saw on screen that we didn't know that it was a dream, right? Um, Reggie dies, but after the dream reveal, he's not dead. Um, Jody doesn't die as far as we see. And then we're told at the end that he's dead. You're totally right. 
we see Jody raising his hands after like, we did it. Yeah. And then it's just all of a sudden he is dead. But and Reggie, who was killed on screen, as far as we know, yeah. is fine and has no knowledge of his own death. That's that. Yeah. I'm having trouble. Like, I feel like weird. I feel like the dream thing may go back really far in the movie and that like a lot didn't happen or maybe in like potentially in like the graveyard scene, uh, like as early as that, uh, um, Jody could be killed. You know, and the rest could be a dream. Like that's why I have problems with that reveal. Is like it. it You're right. I forgot that Joe didn't actually. Did. He didn't die on screen. He didn't die on screen. Yeah, that's that's and a puzzle. Reggie did. Let us know, scared cats. And maybe you have the answers. Maybe the future phantasms do. But it did feel like a quick fucking ending. Like all that shit happened, and then boom, it was a dream. Boom, um, your brother died in a car accident. Boom, he's in the mirror. Boom, you get pulled into the hole. End credits. Like it yeah. was. I felt like all that happened in sixty seconds. It was super fast. Yeah. Um like so i mean it's just kind of up in the air like what the rules are and what actually happened and what didn't and how people died yeah it seems like the it almost seems like just in the writing the concept of the tall man like being able to manipulate reality Mm -hmm. like manipulated the reality of the movie itself and there's like it's really difficult to land on what happened yeah i'm i hope that future movies clarify in an exciting way but i kind of doubt it we'll see well there's a lot of them so or how many are there there are i think there are five yeah, so and the next the next three, so two, three, and four, he also wrote and directed. And the fifth one, he didn't direct, but he wrote. He helped write. This one wasn't my favorite. I, I agree. There were things that I liked about it. It was a little bit of a disappointment. I had hyped it a little higher in my head of um, compared to how it actually was. Yeah, it was... But, like, a lot that was good about it. I think there's a ton that's good about it. And, um, like, sim- similar to Leprechaun, like, it encourages me to watch the sequels. I do want to see more of it yeah. because they've got some great ideas. And uh, But unlike Leprechaun, there w- I thought there were some genuinely good, exciting things for the horror genre in here. It Whereas was, that was Leprechaun is pure horror comedy. <laughs> yeah, that was this was, like, a horror movie. Yeah. It wasn't really... F- it was funny because it was bad in some moments, but it wasn't just funny. It was just a solid. Agreed. That being said, though, even as I said, I was telling a friend that we did a Leprechaun episode recently, mm. and his face almost went white. He was like, oh, I watched those movies as a kid. They scared They scared me so much. Like, I was terrified by them. So even though we perceive it now as horror comedy, <laughs> we're laughing our asses off. For a five-year-old, it could yeah. be genuinely terrifying to see a little Leprechaun running around yeah. killing well, you and your friends. Well, isn't it Aliens where, um, uh, what's the fucking famous line? Um famous log line or a famous line in the in the movie alien um that we watched the, no the no no they're aliens sorry okay the second one um yibikaye motherfucker that's it that's it anyway never mind <laughs> we'll just let that shit go let's go to instagram and see what our scaredy cats on there said um on the suspiria post dope gaming 91 Ooh, cool dope, dope gaming. gaming number 91 said great movie dude i agree yeah it was dope dope gamer 91 that's pretty dope yeah <laughs> i see no seriously suspiria is in my probably top three of horror movies of all time yeah we were talking about this ever so slightly we were um before about how like i didn't totally fall for suspiria but then since like it's gone out on our instagram and like the horror community has gotten its hands on it everyone's like this movie is just so amazing and you like instantly knew it as like you know it's gonna be a top movie for you yeah it's like okay maybe and, i, I mean re- part, re- partly i can't take credit for that partly it's due that we watched it because i'd heard so much about it and that it yeah. was recognized as this horror masterpiece but it just more than any movie we've done it blew my mind when we watched yeah. that one i'm like this is amazing this is everything i love about like the creepiest of horror movies yeah and i mean instagram definitely agrees with you and um, nocturnal.silence also agrees they said masterpiece thank you nocturnal silence yeah. 
thanks thanks uh both you guys for commenting uh on our instagram we also have uh um, something here from um, our episode on before i wake on the instagram from instagram user fear agenda um uh, i've come across so many reviews for movies that just shit on them i don't know what people are expecting if it's new and different they hate it if it's a remake or a story that's kind of been told before they hate it people are dumb myself included (laughs) that's funny for your agenda um uh, I tell people to check it out for the, themselves. Um, what I like may not be what they like and vice versa. And that's a, that's a really good comment on Before I Wake because that's the one that like notoriously we didn't know um, wasn't released at the time that we recorded the episode. It got terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes as we went into seeing it. And yeah, it was like, there's things, yeah, maybe that have been done before. Maybe it's just my, my perspective, whatever. It was a great movie and definitely not deserving of that sort of hate at least um, to the point where it makes people not watch the movie. That's totally not fair. I agree. So we agree with you, Fear Agenda, of the, I totally, think, the Fear Cast. Totally. They've got a podcast out oh, there. So the podcast guys? I think, yeah, they've got a podcast. So cool. go check out Fear Agenda. Uh, check those guys out. Fear Agenda or like whatever, yeah. Fear Cast, whatever their podcast is. Go to his handle and you'll you'll find your way around. Cool. Thanks for commenting, Fear Agenda. Um, yeah. And thanks but before everyone. Before I wake, yeah, that's on, I mean, we did that episode. We talked a little bit about it on future recordings as well, but it's on Netflix now. So now everyone has yeah. access to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So go check that out. Although um, when it when we watched it, it was on YouTube, the full movie, or yes. you could buy it. You know, or well, I, I don't know if it was, but like that's a top search on YouTube. So it was accessible. Yeah. You could find it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And interestingly, I've heard um, Mike Flanagan in an interview since say that that's his favorite movie that he's made. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! It I feels mean, so it great. was supposed to be called Somnia. That was the original title. That's a great name, Somnia. And he considered um, all those his Latin trilogy. A little bit tongue in cheek, but because he had um, Absentia was his kind of first one of his first big movies, which we still have to watch mm-hmm. sometime at some point. And Oculus, thank you, man. And Somnia. So all three of those were like Latin titles, yeah, yeah, Latin but movies. Before I wake and ruined everything. Yeah, but he he was talking about um just how talented um Jacob Tremblay is. Oh my god! And yeah. he they recorded that before Room, so before he was even a star. And then he saw Room after, and he already thought Jacob Tremblay was this incredible talent. But after seeing Room, he was like, "Wow, I didn't know he could do that." Like, Holy shit! He record they did before i wake before room they cast him and he recorded that and he filmed that movie before they did room that was like his like lead up runway to room acting yeah he did it but it wasn't released before room so the creators of room didn't get to see that he just also he just did that he just had like a practice like movie yeah wow and i mean he nailed it in both so yeah good for jacob trombley he's fantastic in both yeah interesting too about that is mike flanagan also said that he's never been happy with any of the movie poster art for any of his films and he always has some kind of an issue with the movie poster. Um, but before I wake, he was especially frustrated because he was like, look, Jacob Tremblay just like got so much recognition for doing Room. We should have his real face on there that will help sell the oh, movie. Oh, my God. And he's like, they put some other kid in the head of the butterfly. It's not even Jacob Tom- Tremblay. <laughs> it doesn't look like anything. Like if you just put his him on the cover there, boom, we get so it. much more. Yeah. He's like, that's it's just shooting ourselves a, in the foot. He's a cute little kid, too. Like, yeah, that just would have looked good. I, I personally do enjoy the the cover itself i really do like it but i agree that if you made it more clear that it was jacob trombley's face like put him on there it probably would have helped the movie out a little bit maybe yeah i get why an artist might not be like super thrilled about that and also like how like at the last second if like you know the director's just like you know like just to change it just put his face on it because i realize he's super popular like <laughs> i get not doing it <laughs> like i get just like now nah, we'll, yeah. we'll use our artwork because maybe horror fans are looking to be you know inspired 
rather than seeing like some really hard-hitting gut-wrenching drama kid it's interesting that you say that because um a lot of what he was saying was kind of the opposite that the studios were giving these bullshit images not for before awake but for earlier ones like oculus and absentia where like one of the images had like a person with an axe and he's like there's no axe in my movie like why are they <laughs> like no this will sell people will buy it and he's like no it's not doesn't represent yeah. it at all like how he's being super frustrated uh, well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I've been David Stonebra. I've been Chris Vandenberg. And uh, as you all, say it? Nah. <laughs> let's say it together. And, and as, as always, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Don't fuck in a graveyard, chaos reigns. See you scaredy cats on the flip side. Bye.